Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure earning women of color, tune in Mondays at 12 New Eastern Standard Time as Deborah Hardnett, CEO of Deborah Hardnett International and founder of The Professional Black Woman, showcase the triumphant journeys of these powerful sisters. You will be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278. Today's broadcast is brought to you by www.wealthysisters.com, where the show can be heard 24 hours a day. And now your host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the Professional Black Woman Association. You can visit us on the web at www.thepbwa.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure earning women of color. Our purpose is twofold. First, we want to inspire and encourage you, the listener. And second, we want to edify, promote, acknowledge, or just say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is Monday, June 28, 2010, and I hope you are as excited about your future as I am because I need you to know that it is very bright. We are here every week at the same time. That's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so go and spread the word. Mark us as your favorite so that you can join us here again next week. But before we go any further, you know what we've been saying since the beginning of the year, and I tell you, words have power. Yes, they do. You got to say it with me. Come on, let's join together. Here's to 2010, the best year ever. Say it one more time, and I want you this time to bring it deep from within. Say it like you mean it, like you know it. Here's the 2010, the best year ever. That's right. We are declaring that, and it is so. Well, you know, there's a lot of questions out here today about wealth and how one amasses a fortune or what is wealth and and all types of questions, like is a person that makes $150,000 a year, is that person considered to be more wealthier or have a greater fortune than someone that earns $75,000 a year? And also this whole big word, debt, what does that have to do with everything? How does that really figure into someone's wealth? Well, today our phenomenal guest has that answer and so, so much more. We are uncovering the secrets of wealth and what they don't want you to know about debt. So I want you to know right now, this is the show for you. You've got to share it. We want you to tweet it, go email it, text it, and have them call 347-838-9278. Get your questions ready because we have none other than CEO Erica Young, who happens to be the CEO of TaylorMade Budgets. She is a wealth and a financial empowerment expert. So again, you gotta go tell everyone. Dial three four seven eight three eight nine two seven eight, or you can tune in live on the web and always catch our episodes replay at www.wealthysisters.com. And that's sisters s i s t a s dot com. You can also follow us on the web with uh, Facebook. You can find us there with Wealthy Sisters or Deborah Hartnett, even Twitter and LinkedIn. We are out there for you to connect. Now, Erica Young is the president, as we said earlier, of Taylor Made Budgets. Don't you just love that name? After seven years of working in the semiconductor industry as an engineer, Erica decided to help others gain control over their money through personal finance coaching. Her love for numbers and data crunching translated easily into analyzing financial information. Erica knows how to help you navigate the financial waters because she did it herself. So that's what you need to tell everybody right now. Now, 347-838-9278, tell them, look, we have someone that's lived it, that's living proof. Understand this, she and her husband, Chris, dug their way out of $100,000 in debt. Now, do you want to hear what she has to say today? Of course you do. Now, through her monthly e-newsletter, personal coaching sessions, workshops, and speaking engagements, Erica is helping many people significantly improve their finances. 
family, and most important, their futures. Erica is a certified financial counselor with the Dave Ramsey Lampo Group, and now is helping her clients to give their dreams a place to flourish every day. Tailor-made budgets has been featured in several local newspapers, including the Arizona Republic, the East Valley Tribune, the Gilbert Republic, and the Arizona Informant. A highlight of the media buzz was a Fox 10 news spot at prime time back in August. Erica is now teaching classes at Chandler Gilbert Community College and, and also on an increase of with her speaking engagements. So when we and, and then in addition to that, she is also one of the mentors or mentees, shall I say, of Dr. or Miss Glenda Bridgeforth, the financial expert. So we have none other than the dynamic, super powerful Erica Young. So when we take this short break. You guys got to tune in to none other than the CEO of TaylorMade Budgets herself, Miss Erica Young. So glad to have her on the show today. We'll be right back. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebatygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call The Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Permal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. We are live back and so excited to be here on Wealthy Sisters. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host. And again, we're broadcasting live from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Our very special guest today is Miss Erica Young of TaylorMade Budgets. And we are so excited to learn more about how to get free from debt. You can find her on the web at www.taylormadebudgets.com. And that's like a tailor, T-A-I-L-O-R. Miss Erica Young, we're so happy to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. Well, wonderful, wonderful. How is the beautiful weather out in Phoenix today? Oh, it is awesome. It's perfect right now in the morning time. It does get hotter later in the day, but honestly, it is the best. It's sunny all the time. I love it. Oh, yeah. Now, now, have you always lived in Phoenix, or did you grow up there? No, actually. I'm from the Detroit area, right outside Detroit. Southfield, Michigan is my hometown, and I've been out here in Phoenix going on 12 years. So yes, I have right. to say Yes, it's a very different life to live, that's for sure, going from the cold to the heat, but I do truly love it. There's so many days of sun and so many days of just being able to take walks and be outside and and not have to bundle up or shovel snow, so I love that part of it. (laughs) So I guess you don't go back home during Christmas time, huh? (laughs) You know, when when I was homesick at first, after having left Michigan, yes, we went back more often, but now actually we go back in the summertime. We're headed out there next week, and, uh, um, it's so much better to do it in July, August, as opposed to doing that in December. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all grown up. You're a big girl now, huh? <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, if if I were your family, I'd be trying to come see you during Christmas time, do the reverse well, there. <laughs> that's exactly what we have learned to do. We do have our company come out here for the holidays. That is uh, exactly what we do. It's so much fun because uh, we can actually barbecue. We can barbecue for the holidays and be outside. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, wow. That is great. That is great. Well, tell tell us a little bit about you here on Wealthy Sisters. We love relating uh, to the awesome stories that all of our dynamic guests have. You know, tell us um, how you grew up. Did, were you uh, in an entrepreneur family? And where did you go to school? You were in the semiconductor Okay. Yes, yes, I did semiconductor work for um, about seven years. I actually got my undergrad degree at the University of Michigan. So go blue, that is my alma mater. And okay. 
I did electrical engineering as my undergrad studies, and so I love the data analysis. I enjoy statistics. I really got excited about those things and how you can really apply it, and, and I used that in my engineering career for a while, and honestly, I just wasn't fully connected. Um, my father is an entrepreneur. He's had his massage business for quite a long time and, and done a lot of different entrepreneurial endeavors, and then my mom um, is a counselor. And so what's really interesting is that I find myself now in a field that marries both of what they do, you know, uh -huh. and, and I never thought that that would happen. But when I was in engineering, I was stuck in a cubicle. I didn't get a chance to talk to people. I looked at the numbers. I stayed at my computer, but I didn't get a chance to relate or interact. And I realized that that's something that was missing for me. And so this field was, was perfect in being able to allow me to do that. And, of course, my own story is I wouldn't have done it had I not had the amount of debt that I had. When we moved out here, we had a tremendous amount of debt to start off our relationship and marriage with, and, and we had to figure a way out. And so um, through the journey of getting free of nearly $100,000 in debt, I realized that this is exactly what I want to help other people do because there just wasn't anyone out there doing it. You've always got your financial planners. You always have your tax people, your tax accountants. You have people who will actually pay your bills for you, your book bookkeepers and that kind of thing. But there was no one who would sit down and help give you a real strategy for how you can get free of your debt or manage your money or really build wealth. Everybody just wants to sell you insurance or something like that. And so it really intrigued me and excited me to be able to provide that to someone else because I didn't have it for myself, and I felt I was filling a gap in the industry. Wow. Well, what, you know, first of all, let me just bow down and say congratulations. <laughs> I, need to, I need to add the applause button here. That is, that is awesome and incredible job. Now, we want to get just a little personal. You can tell us, you know, not to get too personal with you, but just so that our audience can relate because a lot of times I always ask our guests this because when a person is, is really needing to hear something, sometimes we can almost miss it because we try to disqualify ourselves from, you know, from hearing the truth. Um, we might right. say, well, okay, it was easier for her because she had this or she had a husband, she had this. How did you all have that $100,000? You know, was it just regular uh, student loans? Was it a, a combination of things? And can you tell us and describe that moment when you said, you know what, um, this is not how we're supposed to live? Because people are in uh, 40s and 50s before we really realize that a lot of times. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I did have quite a number of student loans. We had $40,000 in student loans um, and then some smaller ones that were just mm -hmm. 2000 or 4000 We also had car debt which, you know, amounted to quite a bit of that. Uh, it, was, it was a good 30000 of it. Well, we also had seven credit cards. Um, so they were smaller balances on the credit cards, but you know what? They add up when there's seven cards between us. And <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you, no one ever told us how to manage our money. Everyone always said, go out and get a job, go out and get a job, go, go make some money. And that's part of the reason why I went into engineering anyway is because, a sought-after African-American female in engineering, which is a predominantly male field, was intriguing to me. I just kind of wanted to break down that barrier. And frankly, yes, it was a decent-paying job, but, you know, I'm young. I, I didn't know how to manage money. So it, I, did, I wasn't making a tremendous amount starting out, and we had more debt than we had income coming in every year. We had more debt to start our relationship out with than we had income in for the year. So there was just... We were drowning. We really were. And that moment where we said, okay, you know what, we have got to clear this up. We've got to figure it out is when um, we had our first child and we had a car that broke down and we had no money. We had wow. no money to fix it, no money to get another one. So no Two money for a down job. payment. No, absolutely. Two good jobs. No money for a down payment and no money to get it fixed. And so for three weeks or four weeks, we went with one vehicle, which was at the time, you know, I mean, in Phoenix, you can't get anywhere without a car. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we, we worked, worked, tried to work it out, but we went for nearly a month without, you know, that extra vehicle. And when I went back to work, I had to figure something out. And so that was when we said, you know what, no more. This is painful. 
It is, you know, stressful. It is, you know, really it's embarrassing because right. you're like, well, why are you driving that one car when you both have decent jobs and what's going on here? And then we had to figure out the child care situation. There was a lot that happened in that first, second year of marriage that we were just like our heads were spinning. And it, it caused me to go deeper and say, I've got to go read some books. I have to go to some seminars. I have to educate myself because the missing link for me was no one taught me what to do with the money when it came in. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how to, to make that work for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it is a blessing that you had something inside of you to say, wait a minute, I need to go and get some help, or you you sought help right. because a lot of times we don't we don't know. We just keep existing and thinking that this is the way it's supposed to be, or we might complain and not really seek help. So you definitely should um, also be uh, commended for that as well. So you you said enough is enough. I gotta find some help. What 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 was the first? Um, help that you received? Well, I looked and I just started reading books. I started reading tons of books. So I I found authors who would teach on not just amassing wealth, but how do I get out of the hole? Because a $100,000 hole is a big one. I wanted that to be on the positive side. I wanted to have $100,000 <laughs> in wealth. You know, I'm like, how can we transfer this? <laughs> from we need to do wealth? a flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Can we put this in the other hand? And and so I needed someone to, to help get down to the nitty-gritty of that. And so I just, you know, honestly, I looked at different authors, and I, I started taking all of the financial classes that my company offered and understood what a 401k was, understood what, you know, what the difference between debt management and debt consolidation and all of those things because I realized none of that was for me. I couldn't, I couldn't you know, consolidate my debt. I couldn't because they were um, different disjointed pieces. It wasn't, you know, 50000 in credit card debt. It was a lot of student loans, a lot of car debt, and some credit cards as well, I couldn't put all of those together. And so I had to learn these things because no one ever taught you. And no one talks about it. Your friends might be in the same exact situation, and Mm -hmm. no one is talking about money because it's a very sensitive subject. So Mm -hmm. I started teaching myself with the books and the seminars and that kind of thing, and then um, reaching out and, and asking questions of financial planners, asking questions of tax preparers, asking questions of people in the professional world to see what it is that they offered. Um, and I just I realized that I, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, one of the big turning moments for us was, you know, going through a class called Financial Peace University and um, actually teaching that class, not knowing what we were doing, but teaching that class um, being a facilitator for that and, and understanding that I can go through this step-by-step step and I'm not alone. Um, I also read Glenda Bridgeforth's books, um, and that helped me to understand, you know what, this is not just a me problem. This is an everybody problem, and it goes deeper than just the mechanics of the money. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of people that I began to relate with, Dave Ramsey as well as Glenda Bridgeforth and, um, helping me to understand how to apply basic financial management to my life. That is so true. You you brought up the point that it goes deeper beyond the, the or past the mechanics of it. But are you saying it's more of a mental um, and more of an education or how we feel about money? Is that what you is that what you refer? It to? is, but it's mm-hmm. also your history and your upbringing. Um, is I, I never had anyone talk to me about talk to me about money. I had um, not so great examples of how you manage your money. I, I saw a lot of floating from month to month, meaning you or you kite, you 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 basically played a game with your checks and that kind of thing. I saw that as an example, which wasn't positive. I also saw um, you know bankruptcy uh, in in front of me. I saw you know just a lot of mismanagement of money. And um, honestly, from people who meant well but didn't know any better themselves. And so I never was taught how to manage money. And one of my goals in life is to certainly continue to teach my children that you can live free of debt and build and amass wealth 
um, but it has to be taught that it's possible. And that's something that I didn't know was possible until I began to read and educate myself. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. a big thing. I think one of the things that, that Glenda Bridgeforth um, in, her, in her works and her books does is she wants you to go deeper and find out some of the source of where you, where you come from because, like I said, it isn't just mechanical. It, it can come from your history, your patterns, um, and it really needs to be a, a mental shift in how you manage your money. That's that's awesome. How? What are some of the? I guess one of the ways an individual can actually determine um, the history, or I mean, can you give us like a practical exercise that one would need to mm-hmm. go through um, to actually mm-hmm. do that? Well, one thing would be good. I love writing things down. I really do, and I think it it just would be good to sit down, take a moment, and think about your early childhood histories of money. Mm-hmm. Um, did, what did your parents say to you? Did they say, we can't afford that? Or did they, or did they, you know, say, yes, let's go off and do it and give you everything? How did you and your parents relate with money and write down specific instances or memories that you had of your relating with money or how your parents, what your parents actually taught you or what you felt was missing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's easier to, to write down your memories, but then also just think about knowing what you know today, what didn't get said or what did not get taught. Or one of the things that I remember vividly is um, taking a class in high school, um, and they were teaching how to balance the check register. And right. I thought, wow, you know, I learned this in high school, and my child who is in fourth grade learn how to write a check in the fourth grade. And that's a, that's a disconnect of eight years. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, and I know she doesn't know how to do a check register now, at, you know, in fourth grade, but that's an eight-year difference. I'm thinking how much more could I have learned? I also have a memory of a good friend of mine back then who never pumped gas at the time where we had, you know, people, people will pump your gas for you. She right. didn't even know how to do it. She always knew that somebody else was going to take care of the bill. And I realized that if you always think someone else is going to do it, then when it's your turn to step up to the plate, who's going to have your back? You've got to know how to do it for yourself. At and least. I think that <laughs> okay. at, at, at the very least, and, and, uh-huh. and so that, that may be just in gas, but in terms of just everyday life experiences, we have to know how, even if we don't do it, let's say we outsource it, you still need to learn how to do it yourself because then you know when they're not doing it right. And so those are some of the things that I learned. And I think if people write down what their memories are, good and bad, and then also what now they wish that they had known, that's a platform to change whatever it is that they see right now or to give back to those that are coming after them. Awesome, because that's kind of like, like you said, a, a roadmap or a platform that will lead them to find the information they need or to, to how, yes. how do you mean? Okay. Okay. Well, so when people actually see the disconnect, say, you know what, this is what I wish I had known. And mm-hmm. so now that you know it, what action are you going to take now? Or mm-hmm. this is what my parents taught me. And now I know that I wish that I had, for instance, my grandfather, he always used cash. He actually paid cash for a vehicle. That was a memory that I had. And so now it's like, well, if, I had taken that to heart, I wouldn't have had a $20,000 car note, you know. And so um, if you you start seeing he died with no debt and he died with actual money left over. (laughs) And so I would love to do that same thing. Well, Grandpa was onto something here, you know. And so it's like, okay, I wanted my goal, my next goal really is to purchase a car with cash because that's something that I had not done in the beginning. Um, of starting out my financial life. So that is also something that you can take action on and begin to save for so that you don't have the debt associated with the Carno. It doesn't have to be that you live with Carno. It doesn't wow. have to be. And and in planning and preparing for, like we do everything else, you know, we plan right. for the weddings, we plan for what college we're going to go to, but we definitely, you're saying, have to plan our financial um, accumulation and what we actually do with our money as well. That is actually, that is definitely true. And, I, and I'm even finding, even right now, one of the things that I have to make an adjustment in in this moment is planning for vacation. 
You know, I think sometimes we think, well, here's the time we're going to go, and then you have to figure out where the money comes after. And a lot of people amass debt because they just want to go and they do it for the moment without having planned. So now we're setting up our vacation account. We're just that's that's something that we have to do, and that's in this moment. So we're constantly learning that sometimes things are more important needs than at other times. But you know, you have to take it as it comes, and life changes, and you have to you know change with it too. Well, you know, it's it's important that you mention that we are always constantly learning. What what are some of the things um, that can kind of throw people off? onto a, a downward spiral of debt. I mean, you mentioned a lot of times we do vacations. What what mm-hmm. uh, what else have you seen? You know, a lot us? of the time, a lot of the time it it becomes those simple things that are truly only um you know, you know that they're coming. So for instance, mm-hmm. you know Christmas comes every December 25th, but mm-hmm. When it comes, you haven't planned for it. It's December 1st and like, uh-oh, it's the month. <laughs> you know, or you understand that your anniversary is on a certain day or your children have, you know, they're going to need school clothes come August or July. And so you, you haven't planned for that. And so you have to, you know, either set the funds aside throughout the year or you have to make preparations in that month and know that it's coming. And so those things easily set people you know, back. Now, one of the big things truly is medical expense. I see where a lot of people get set back because those are not just a couple of hundred dollars here, a couple of hundred dollars there. Sometimes those turn into thousands. And so a lot of people get on a downward spiral because of medical events, job loss, um, and those are the biggies. Uh, and, and sometimes it can be the car repairs and things of that nature that were completely unexpected. And what we need to understand is that an emergency fund is absolutely critical. An emergency Mm -hmm. fund, even starting out with $1,000, is absolutely critical. I have clients who make upwards of $150,000, $200,000 who don't have an emergency fund in place. And um, they're high-income earners, but they don't have the basics of an emergency fund. And that is what keeps people in debt. Because when you don't have an emergency fund and an emergency occurs, then you go to debt because there's no other place for it to come from. So it it, it becomes really important, I know, especially for high-income earners to not only live at a, a level that is, I hate to say below your means, because, you know, mm-hmm. we are always about uh, consciousness here. I mean, there is a fine line when we talk about that dirty word you said is not, from the title of your book, is not a dirty word, yes. budget. You know, <laughs> there's a fine line there because when you when we're talking about wealth and creation and we're talking about um, visualizing where we see ourselves, you know, you, you, you don't want to have that poverty mindset, oh, I can't afford this, I can't afford this. It's just, are you saying it's, it's, it's later and do it at the right time? Um, Absolutely. Uh-huh. Timing is so critical. Timing uh-huh. is so critical. And part of your building wealth must be to have a short-term game plan. So okay. sometimes people have to say no to things because they aren't prepared for it. And if you're going into debt, in the end, if that vacation follows you home, it probably wasn't worth it. You know, then you're going to end up paying for Christmas, your vacation, and that major car repair for a year. And a lot of times people are amassing, you know, great amounts of debt and have the means to plan for it ahead of time. We're just very spur of the moment. We we want things quick. We want to go through the drive through and have it now as opposed to waiting for it. And um, doing it with cash is going to be the key. Now, how how have you seen and 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 how peer pressure? You know how how strong does peer pressure have to do? Uh, how much does it have to do with the, the debt? A lot of times that uh, we see ourselves getting in. It is extremely rampant. I mean, everybody is the Joneses. There, there is no one person who was the Joneses. Everybody wants to be them. <laughs> They're not keeping up with the Joneses. They are the Joneses. They are. And they are. And, and you know what's so interesting is that nowadays um, the, the neighborhoods that we live in, the people that we socialize with, um, 
the places that we frequent all play into, you know, what we do with our money. And and there is that peer pressure. I find it interesting that, you know, even just recently, you know, we went to someone's home and they had um, a Blu-ray player, and my husband was like, uh-oh, we've got to get one of those. And I'm right. thinking, really? <laughs> you know, and and it's just, it, it happens all the time. And so it's not, peer pressure is not reserved for the younger generation. It is not. And I think it's something that adults think is just for kids. But frankly, right. you know, we all do it. We all walk down the street and see something that our girlfriend has on or we all go to the mall and we see, oh, my goodness, i got to have that bag or those, that purse, or we see that house and we want that house, or we see that car and we want that car. Whatever it is, it's still happening. We just don't call it the same thing. We want to upgrade. We want to you know, upgrade. Our, our terminology, yeah, our terminology <laughs> is we have to get in the 21st century or we have to upgrade or we got to get with the times or, you know, and, and so we change the terminology, but the behavior is exactly the same. Oh, and wow. So it's true. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, so, you know, it is another question that we have uh, as well is how do you create a budget? How do you create a budget when you are absolutely in the hole? How do you find a way to get an emergency cash fund for that? Well, the very first thing that you have to do is have a reality check. I call mm-hmm. the reality check sitting down with yourself, sitting down with your money, and looking at how you have spent your money in the past. So mm-hmm. I would say go back three months. And a lot of people will take their bank record, you know, go into their bank, get their online banking record for the last three months, and categorize every single transaction so that you mm-hmm. can see how much you spend on gas, groceries, how much all of your utilities are, how much you spend in clothing, miscellaneous funds, whatever it is, and categorize every single thing. And mm-hmm. then look at every category for what it is so you know exactly what you spend in the grocery category know what your utilities are, know what your gas is, what clothing is, all of that stuff, the reality check is critical because it gives you a place to begin. It's like having a map in front of you but not knowing where you are. Mm-hmm. A map does you no good if you, know, if you don't know where you currently are today. If you're completely lost, then a map will not help you at all. Mm-hmm. So you have to know where you sit today to know what direction you're going to go in. And the reality check will help you to do that. That is the very first step because then if you start seeing some categories are out of whack and you never thought, oh, my goodness, I didn't know I spent that much on clothing, now you can get it, you can say, okay, this is why, um, I, this is one of the reasons why I'm in the situation I'm in. And then when you total up all of the categories, the big kicker here is to total up your expenses for a 30-day period total up your income for that same 30-day period, what actually came into your household, and see if there is a discrepancy. So if you're out of line, you'll know immediately if your expenses are $2,000 over your income, then that means you took money from a credit card or took money from somewhere or borrowed some money or something to make it work for that month. And, and so that is where we have, to, we have to start there before we can even make adjustments on any of those categories. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So see where you are first because a lot of times it may not be as bad as we think it is, is what you're saying. And we, we have, and, we have and that's resources true. within. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is very true. I think a lot of the times um, we do have the resources we need to manage our money, to build wealth, and to give if we want to do those kinds of things. We just need to look at it. And we're so busy, we're so fast-paced that we don't sit down and look at it. That's the key. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So fast-paced. I know I remember hearing uh, my, my pastor back home, uh, Bishop Dale Bronner, talked about uh, he did a whole sermon saying it's in the house. Everything we need is already in the house, you know. That's and I right. always tell our clients that a lot of times in starting a business, um, we we don't always have an idea of what it takes to start a business and understanding that whole mindset of sacrifice. It's a lot of stuff that we can sell and get rid of to create That's that right. emergency fund as well. So 
some things that, you know, we, we don't really, really have to have. And, and I always say have that mindset that be, the more is coming. The best is yet to come. So how bad do you really, really want it? So I tell you, I am enjoying this show. This is dynamic. We have none other than Miss Erica Young on our show today of TaylorMade Budgets. We do have to pay some bills. Just excited getting all this great information. We'll be right back after this short break. You are on Wealthy Sisters. Always running out of time. Do you wish you had more hours in a day? My name is Rita Cartwright, and I'm a virtual assistant and owner of RJ's Word Processing Services. Start using your time wisely by outsourcing your administrative tasks to me, your virtual assistant. For more information, contact me today, toll free at 866 651 or visit my website at rjswordprocessing.com. Would you like to reach the quality professionals? Expose your product and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803. Or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today. We are, as always, excited to be here on Wealthy Sisters. I'm Deborah Hartnett, and our very special guest today is Miss Erica Young of TaylorMade Budgets. You can visit her at www.taylormadebudgets.com. She's out in the Arizona area enjoying the wonderful sun, and uh, she is our guest today. Also, Erica shared a lot of detailed information with us about creating our budget. Getting out of debt, just as she and her husband did as well. Tell us a little bit about that book that you have, your ebook, Budget, Not a Dirty Word, huh? <laughs> yes, Budget, It Is Not a Dirty Word. Um, the reason I titled it that to begin with is that we cringe, we, you know, shrink down. We are so opposed to the word budget um, because we think it causes restraint. We think it's it's like looking at somebody in handcuffs or in something, and, and you, you just think that, oh, goodness, this is not something that I want to do. Well, truly the myth is, is that budget is a dirty word. The, the reality of it is that it can be freeing. Um, writing it down brings you the control. If you don't write down your money and, and plan for it before you spend it, then it is controlling you because it's telling you, I'm leaving. I'm going here. I'm going there. I'm going everywhere. But when you write down where it's supposed to go before it leaves your hand, you're the one that's in the driver's seat. So the, the whole the workbook is all about um, teaching you how to create your own personal spending plan, your own personal budget, and making sure that it's your own. Because every single household is different, which is why my business is called tailor-made budget, because, you know, it should be tailor-made for your house. It's different for everybody. Everyone doesn't have the same set of circumstances. And so when you do your budget, it should be that same way. You need to focus on your situation and what works for you. Um, and so it goes through the steps of creating the budget, creating a spending plan, and the unique nuances that may come up and so that you have a roadmap when you're done reading it and done writing in your own um, budget, which it has the forms in it as well, then you can walk away and feel like, okay, I've planned my budget and now I can move forward. And it's designed to only be necessary to look at it when you are paying the bills and when the money comes in because you've made the plan ahead of time already. So, um it's just a simple workbook, and it's really there to take the fear out of using a budget. Wow. Oh, that I love it. Now, how can they actually get your book? You can go to tailormadebudgets.com, and under products and services, it's one of the products on there, and it is $19. It's an ebook download, and you can get it immediately as soon as you pay on PayPal. Okay. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, one of our questions that came from the chat room is, Erica, how is the month-to-month budget possible when most of us are living check-to-check, two weeks to two weeks? Yes, yes. Very good question. Yes, Very good it is. question. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Well, you have to you have to start somewhere, and I love our timing right now because it is the end of June, and so if you haven't looked at the month of July yet, you know that you have either rent or mortgage, you have your utilities, you have certain things that are going to come every single month. And so those are things that you start with. And then you have to say, as we did our reality check, you look back and say, well, what did I spend on groceries? Is that necessary? And put a number there. And you start filling in those blanks um, for gas, groceries, you know, clothing, the, any other miscellaneous things that come up that aren't fixed expenses because you have to look at the entire month. Now, every, if you're going paycheck to paycheck, you know you're going to have two checks in the month of July. So you have to put in that you're going to get two sources of income in the month of July. And so hopefully when you total up your, your actual monthly expenses, it is less than or equal to your total income for the month. So this is the perfect time to start. This is the absolute perfect time to start because you have two more days before it's necessary for you to get started on your July plan. I hope that answers the question. I know a lot of times uh, I was just having this conversation today. Uh, it's, it's, it's a spiritual concept, not to make anything religious or anything, but it is a spiritual concept in anything. Once you take action and you start to make a step in towards a direction, whatever you're looking for, sometimes it doesn't even come from where you actually may be sowing the seeds or where you think it might right. come from. It's just the fact that you take action. So I, I can I can really appreciate and relate um, and have related to, you know, how a person feels, well, how am I supposed to do that when right. <laughs> I'm trying to survive <laughs> right now, right. you know? Yeah. Well, you you start with the big picture, and then you have to break it down into small pieces. And so uh-huh. I know that we don't pay all of our bills once a month unless you only get paid once a month. But once you do the bigger budget, in my workbook, it explains that you have this paycheck and then you have a next paycheck. So you break that budget down into two paychecks or three paychecks or however many you get in the month so that it balances every single week. So you know, even though you get paid every two weeks and you're like, I still, I'm still paycheck to paycheck, that paycheck that you're getting next is already mapped out before you spend the money. The key is for you to be ahead of the game and not behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when you, when, you, when you and your husband, when you guys, you know, started to really realize that you had that amount of debt and you said you were going to pay off, how long did it take you, and, and where did you, you start? Well, it took us five years, and with everything in me, I believe that it could have taken a shorter amount of time because we still made some mistakes um, along the way. But it took us five years to get out of $100,000 in debt, and what I did to, to begin the debt reduction is I listed all of the debt. So that's the next step is to list your debt from, from smallest to largest, you can see them all in one place. A lot of people are very unaware of how much total debt they have, and, you know, they're not aware of the actual balances, the monthly payments. They're just on autopilot and say, uh-oh, i got to pay this bill now, i got to go pay this bill now. Well, if you list it, then you're giving yourself something to believe for. You're giving yourself something to focus on. You're giving yourself something to say, hey, you know what, like I said earlier, how can I transfer this $100,000 into wealth as opposed to debt. And so if you don't know the number, you don't even know what you're standing for. Um, but once you list it out in plain form, I, I have clients who, who come to me and they thought their debt was astronomical and they only had $20,000. And I'm thinking, you know, it seemed overwhelming to them, but it was only because they hadn't looked at it and totaled it up. And so then there are times when people are living in complete oblivion, and they think, oh, I don't have that much, and then it adds up to more than $50,000. <laughs> That's 000. not funny. That's not funny. But it's true. It's uh, true. No. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> so ignorance is not bliss in this right. case. <laughs> Never go to the mailbox. Just keep driving by. Yes, Do like Fred yes. Stanford, throw everything, file 13. <laughs> Been there, I understand. That's right. That's right. It's it's not bliss. And you, you have to face the giant before you can defeat him. 
Right, right. Well, I know what our chat room, we have uh, one in our chat room, I think in this Candace says, you know, hey, we've got a lot. It's, it's so depressing. We have so many unopened bills from debt collectors. Um, you know, what what would you say to, to them, you know, first of all, in, in their situation so that, I mean, you've got to be able to feel good about yourself and not, to me, not um, feel defeated or feel like you're a failure. You know, um, what would you suggest for for individuals that feel that way? Gather everything and don't open them alone. Make Mm -hmm. sure that there is somebody with you to walk through it with you so that you're not alone. Um, For one, it's easy to feel isolated. It's easy to feel like you're alone because no one talks about the fact that they haven't opened their bills or they don't want to look at it, they don't want to face it. Mm-hmm. But there's so many people that are in that same situation. Mm-hmm. But if you bring along a buddy, you bring along your friend, you bring along a spouse, you bring along your coach and say, open this with me. Because I've had people just come and bring their bag and <laughs> lay it out on my table. And so when we open them, we realize there's so many duplicates. Mm-hmm. We realize that it's just the same creditor giving you all this you know, mail, and it's the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. or you'll find that um, when you don't open your mail, sometimes you're missing out on money. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there are things that, you know, offers and things of that nature that you're missing out on. So you never know what can be in that package, but because of the fear, the guilt, the remorse, the embarrassment, we don't open it. And so we're, we're, we're um, in the dark on the bad stuff, but we're also in the dark on what could be possible, the possibilities that are there. And so you don't want to limit yourself in, in either of those ways. And so I just recommend don't do it alone. Don't do, do it alone. Do not try. Don't, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. You hear that? Don't do it alone. I always have someone there. <laughs> Right. Face it. And it's, it's, and it's, I think, you know, it is not as bad, as you said, it's not as bad as it seems. You can live, you're still breathing. Um, another thing I will right. always suggest for people to do is, you know, to make sure that you write down the the great things that are happening right now. Find some positive right. things that you can celebrate right now That's because right. there are. You know, what are your blessings? It, it could always be a lot worse. And that always helps me, you know, to deal with any type of situation. Now, I've also learned, and you can you can validate this and let me know, recently, um, I guess probably maybe about six months or so ago, I learned this whole thing with the debt collectors once, a bill is transferred from, let's say, if you have a, um, I don't know, some kind of department store, and you default on that 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 loan, and they send it to collections. Um, what is this whole thing about them having to prove that you know that they've sold it, or um, you're not really having the sometimes the statute of limitations uh, allow you an opportunity to maybe be free from that? What? Do you have any information on what I'm referring to? Well, for one, the statute of limitations is how, you know, the length of time mm-hmm. that or the, the window of time, I should say, that a creditor can come and try and get you to pay on the debt. So okay. typically, let's say, for instance, in Arizona, um, if you haven't paid on the debt or had any activity within or anything, any contact, anything in six years, they cannot come after you. They mm-hmm. cannot come asking. The statute of limitations is over. It's not to say you don't owe the debt. You still owe the debt. And if you can, you know, figure out a way to pay them off, pay them off. But in Arizona, the statute of limitations is six years. So if no activity has occurred in six years, they can't come after you. They, their time, their window of opportunity to try and get you to pay is now over. So the the statute of limitation activity means, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that activity means uh, you responding to them or them trying to um, get you to going after you if they haven't done anything. What what is the statute of limitation? They cannot go after you if the statute of limitations is up. Okay, but I'm saying the activity, the activity piece that you were saying. So any activity. uh Uh-huh. So during so let's say six years have gone by, if you pay pay on the debt 
if you call them, if mm-hmm. you um, get a payment schedule or plan with them, if you communicate with them in a way that proves that you are this person who owes mm-hmm. this debt, mm-hmm. the statute of limitations renewed at that point. Okay, so activity so, is you responding to them, not necessarily them reaching out to you. Yes, okay. but they have to, if it's done after six years, if, if there hasn't been any activity on your end, they have to stop contacting you after the yeah. six years is up or whatever your state. Yeah, and each state is different. Is. Okay, okay, Correct. okay, Correct. okay, good, and, okay. And the credit, um, the debt collect. one point that our truly want to make here is that debt collections or debt prep, you know, people who try and collect on the debt, um, they don't abide by rules, for one. And so you have to know your rights as a consumer. And uh-huh. the Fair Debt Collections Practices Act is a very good way for people to understand what their rights are as a consumer because they break the law all the time um, mm-hmm. to get you to pay them. Mm-hmm. The other piece of this is the debt consolidation. When you, you try and put all of your debts together and have one payment, um, sounds nice, but all it does is, is moving debt, and and it really doesn't address the behavior modifications that are necessary for you to get free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then debt management is, is a different animal, and that is where, you know, people get confused with all of it, but the debt management is where someone takes ownership over your debts. You still have to pay them. But basically, they have the rights to pay them for you, and you pay them a fee. And all they're doing is ruining your credit by not paying them on time so that they can settle. You can settle your debts yourself. And Mm -hmm. so my whole thing is we have to be empowered to know that tomorrow is going to be brighter than today. If Mm -hmm. you tackle this yourself, you are much better off than allowing someone else to do it. And once you've conquered the beast, you can teach somebody else how to do it as well. And so so that we don't live in a society where everybody is out for their own and they're not helping the other people come up with them to build wealth. They are making sure that those that come after them or those that they can reach out to are also being empowered to get free of the debt and transfer that debt into some wealth-building opportunities. So um, we're not in this alone. I think the big key and takeaway for me um, to let everyone know is that you're not in this alone. You empower yourself to make sure that you can do it for you and then share this message with other people so that um, they can also be on the wealth scheme with you. So um, let's share the information as best we can. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, the more people you help, as uh, Zig Ziglar says, you know, the more people you help, the the more you're going to help yourselves. You know, it's just a natural thing by default. I tell you, this is an awesome show today. Our awesome guest today is Miss Erica Young with TaylorMade Budgets. We're going to take another quick short break, come back. We'll have about five minutes, and I want to just get, you know, what your plans are for the future. And also, if you could just tell us maybe one of those things that uh, we should look out for that the collectors do that are illegal <laughs> that we should be aware of. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you seeking stronger partnerships to leverage your strengths? Need to develop more winning strategies of success? Ready to increase your knowledge in the areas of investing, marketing, health and wellness, and the Green Initiative? Then join us for the second annual Winter Summit Conference and Expo, March 18th and 19th, 2011. Meet hundreds of professional women from all over the world who provide savvy advice, practical application for winning women. Reserve your space today at www.thewintersummit.com or call 1-800-917-9435, extension 805. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander and Associates Incorporated toll-free at 1-877-894-0564 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net. We are back live with five minutes left in this great show today. Miss Erica Young, our very special guest at www.taylormadebudgets.com. You want to go by and pick up her book, her e-book there. Uh, budget is not a dirty word. We're very happy to have her on the show today. And as a reminder, the Winter Summit is around the corner. March will be here before you know it. Go to www.thewinnersummit.com 
so that you can get registered today. We're excited that Upscale Magazine has come on board as one of our sponsors. We are narrowing down as we speak the phenomenal speakers. This will be an explosive event you don't want to miss. March 18th and 19th at the Hyatt Regency at the Baltimore Harbor. Well, now we are back. Four minutes left. If you can just tell us one one little thing that we uh, would need to know that these creditors, or I should say the debt collectors, try to uh, trick us on <laughs> out there. What are some of the things well, that they might do? One of the things is that they'll call you either at your place of business and mm-hmm. try and harass you at work. Mm-hmm. Um, you can formally get them to stop doing that by sending them a letter. It is your right to tell them to stop doing that. It is not appropriate. And then also calling you after hours. I mean, if they're calling you outside of the time, you know, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., that kind of thing at your home, if they're calling you at 7 a.m. in the morning and, you know, 9 p.m. at night, that is harassment and it okay. needs to stop. And so um, those are some things I think that, that those kind of things occurring in your life is what gets you to the place where you're desperate um, and it makes you ashamed. And you can be in control of it by understanding your rights with the Fair Cadet Fair Debt Collections Practices Act, and those are some of the things that you would need to to know, formally sending them letters to stop that kind of behavior. And should it just be Monday through Friday, or can they call on weekends, Sundays? And I remember one point. uh, Go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you go. Well, you know what? Um, It is is reasonable for them to honestly call um, on the weekends, but the hours of time need to be reasonable. And Mm -hmm. so... Um, they typically, I literally haven't heard of too many people getting phone calls on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, they will just really ring your phone a lot during the week. And so Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. or 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. is what um, you need to be paying attention to. You know, again, the other thing is you might want to start, you know, just invest in a regular answer machine and record if they are calling at that time because then you truly have a way to play back for these guys. Look, you are violating federal law. You are not to call um, on these off hours. So um, that might be a good strategy because then you you have a leg to stand on and they might be willing to settle the debt or eliminate it completely because they know, you know, going to court over this is not something they want to do. do. Right. Real quick, uh, we've got about 30 seconds. Candace in the chat room wants to know, she says, uh, she wants to know if they have the right to tell you how much your payment has to be. That's a great question. Well, they actually do. I mean, you you have to pay a certain amount um, of the bill every single month. And so if you are unable to pay it, that's a different story. But, yes, they can tell you exactly how much your payment is supposed to be. Um, because they have to get a certain amount in to them, you know, according mm-hmm. to, you know, usually it's 2 or 3% of the bill every month. And so, um, yeah, they do have the right to tell you that. If you cannot afford to do it, then you have to make different arrangements with them. And that can also be negotiated. Right, so everything is negotiable, is what you said. Absolutely. Yes, because something is better than nothing. (laughs) That is correct. Well, we're so grateful to have had you on our show today, Ms. Erica Young of TaylorMade Budgets, T-A-I-L-O-R, MadeBudgets.com, out in the awesome Phoenix, Arizona area. We hope that we are able to see you in March at the Winter Summit as well. And uh, we just want to thank you for being our very, very special guest today. We want everybody to tune in next week to our archives. We in, in pursuit of finding balance, we have taken next Monday off for the holiday. want to wish each and every one of you a very, very safe holiday. Have a lot of fun. Great fellowship as well. And come right back the following week. We have a dynamic show. July happens to be our anniversary month. Woo-woo! One year on the air. We're so very grateful to all of our listeners, all of our members in the chat room. We're very, very honored um, that you guys have taken the time, those who are listening now to the archive, to actually tune in to our show. Thank you so much for all the awesome comments and, and uh 
we just look forward to many, many more years to come. So once again, have an awesome day. This is Deborah Hartnett signing off. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters brought to you by theprofessionalblackwoman.com where success is inevitable. Join Deborah Hartnett, our host, next week as she interviews another powerful, positive, progressive, wealthy sister and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. See you next time.